Second Samuel chapter 24 and verse number 20, let us stand. The Bible said, And Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Aruna said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee to build an altar unto the Lord that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aruna said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up and sing Seemeth good unto him. Behold, here the oxen of the burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. And these things did Arona as the king gave unto the king. And Arona said unto the king, The Lord my God accept thee. And the king said unto Arona, Nay, but I surely buy it from thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offering unto the Lord my God, of which doeth cost me nothing underline that which doeth cost me nothing so david brought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver let us pray father we just thank you lord for all that you've done we thank you for your mercy and grace and love lord i pray that we open our hearts this morning lord to be what we need to be lord speak to our hearts lord and if one here today needs you in their life lord i pray that you come into their life lord and, and soften that heart that it may come to the altar this morning and say here i am Father, we'll praise you for what you do. Empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. Here in the text, we find that David has sinned and numbered uh, uh, the people. Uh, 70,000 people paid the cost because of David's sin. Now, let me say this this morning. Your sin does not carry a price tag on you personally. But it also carries a price tag on those that are around you, those that love you, those that care about you. You may be here this morning saying, Preacher, it's just me that my sin affects. It's, I'm not hurting anybody else. The devil will try to convince you that, you are, that that's a lie if you're trying to hurt everybody else. Uh, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. That's not true this morning. Uh, sin always carries a collateral damage. Those that care about you are always hurt by your sin. Whether it be a mother, father, a child, a husband, a wife, uh, your sin hurts those that are around you. Those that are around David have been hurt, and David is grieving because of his sin. He's done something, he's going to do something about it. He goes to the threshing floor and a man called Aruna, the Jebusite. I, I, I want to look at that phrase found in verse number 24. What David said when Aruna said, I, I, I'll just give it to you. I'll let you have it. David said, nay, neither will I offer burnt offering unto the Lord my God, of which doeth cost me nothing. I want to preach to your heart this morning. On this thought, a Christianity that costs. A Christianity that costs. I'm preaching on an unknown Christianity today. I'm preaching this morning that this generation knows something, a Christian that will, Christianity that will cost you something this morning to live for God. I'll say to you this this morning, salvation causes you absolutely 
nothing. If you're lost this morning, heading to hell, and you know your heart, you know your mind, and God knows it. If you're lost this morning, heading to hell, I'm telling you, salvation is free. Because salvation didn't cost you nothing. You can come to Christ this morning as a sinner, realizing you're lost and realize you have offended God and you fall on the mercy of the Lord and call on Jesus to be born again. It will not cost you anything. Salvation does not cost anything. But I, I, I could say this, Christianity will cost you something this morning. It, I, it, it won't cost you nothing to be saved but it will cost you something to be a Christian. You say, well, that's just, that's just ridiculous. I, you say, I thought being saved uh, is the same thing as being a Christian. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There are all kinds of people who are saved and they say they're, uh, uh, they're Christians this morning. You say, that don't make sense. Well, it does to me. The very nature of the word Christianity means Christ-like. That means you're walking after Christ, you're, you're following after Christ, and everything that you show, exhibit out of your life is Christ-like. And I know people that are saved. <laughs> I know people that claim to be saved, and they say they go to church, they're walking with God, but they do not exhibit Christ-like features in their life this morning. You find that word Christians in Acts chapter 11 the first time when the disciples were called Christians because they were preaching the word of God. They, they walked with God. They talked about God. We find people today that don't do that. Christians are supposed to be different. Amen. And the way they talk and the way they walk, where they go, what they do. Christians are supposed to be different from what this world says they are. Most Christians today have never put on the real monitor of Christianity. They don't know what it is. It is possible not to be living like one is saved this morning. But I'm talking about what it really means to be a Christian. It will cost you something this morning. David said, I I'm not about to give God something that it did not cost me. If it did not cost me something, I'm not about to give it to God. We're living in a day where Christianity has absolutely no inconvenience of life today. A Christian that has no strings attached to it. Save my soul and let me live and do exactly what I want to do. That's the type of Christianity we live today. That's the kind of Christians that we have today. I say I'm saved. I go to church. I read my Bible. But I want to do exactly what I want to do. 
Can I tell you that's foreign to the Bible this morning? Save my soul. Let me pat myself on my religious back. Let me feel good about what I'm doing myself. Let me go where I want to go. Let me live my life the way I want to live. I want to act the way I want to act. I don't want Christianity to cost me one single thing this morning. I don't want it to cost me my friends. I don't want it to cost me my job. Because as soon as you act and walk like Christ, it's going to cost you something this morning. If you're going to be a, a Bible Christian this morning, it will cost you something this morning. It's going to cost you. I, I fear we're living in a day where we're willing to pay a cost for anything other than a Christian we don't mind paying a cost for whatever business world we're living in. We don't take out a, a, a family. We, we, we neglect it. Church and everything, uh, and make sure we pay the cost in our business and we neglect everybody else. We make sure that we pay the, uh, the cost to take time to enjoy vacations. We make sure we pay the price to enjoy our hobbies. We, we, we're willing to pay the cost and inconvenience everything and everybody except walking with God. When my Christianity begins to inconvenience my life, cramp my style, and begins to cost me something, that is where I draw the line at. I, I don't want that kind of Christianity in my life. I don't want that kind of person being in my life. I don't need that in my life. It's not what the Bible says. How dare we expect God to sacrifice heaven's best that we might be glorified in heaven and the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us and then look at God and say, well, mm. Bible says present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that which is your reasonable service. And look at God and turn around and say, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm not interested in living that kind of life for you, Lord. I'm interested in a generation today that wants God that sacrificed everything for them. And they sacrificed nothing for him. That's not Bible this morning. So I want to preach on this, preach on this thought this morning. Christianity that will cost. We want a Christianity uh, that saves us from our sins, uh, but we don't want to separate ourselves or sacrifice anything of our sins. Save me from hell. But I don't want to live that kind of lifestyle. I don't want to live a lifestyle that sanctifies and separates me from the world. And from the path that I was heading on towards hell. Therefore if any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold all things. 
become new. I, I do believe in a transformed life. And I'm not preaching on a sinless perfection life. We make mistakes, we fall. But I'm telling you, there is some sacrifice living for God, walking for God in this world today. There must be a change in your life. There, there will be a difference in your life. There will be a cost for living for a Christian life this morning. And can I say this this morning? It is worth it. It is worth it. You say, is the cost worth it? What will it cost me? I don't know what it's going to cost you. I, I know what it's cost me. But I don't know what it's going to cost you. But I'm telling you this morning to live this lifestyle as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, it is going to cost you something this morning. I, I pray that we're all willing to come to the altar today and say, Lord, whatever it will take, whatever cost it will take, Whatever the Lord wants. See, the Lord wants us to hand him a blank check and say, Lord, here, you fill the price in. You fill it in what it's cost me. Whatever you sign, whatever you do, that's what I'll pay. But too many times I find Christians like to sign their check and put on the check exactly what it's going to cost them. I will pay no more than this. I'll serve you. I'll tell everybody I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to pay no more than this, what I've already said. That's not what God is wanting out of your life this morning. God is telling you, and he's telling us over and over, I want you to give me the check. I'll fill in the cost, what it's going to cost you this morning. We're not willing to pay the cost. Oh, we're willing to take the benefits and the blessings of God. But we're not willing to say, Lord, uh, you've blessed me with this. You gave me that. Uh, I'm so glad that I've got this, Lord. You've given me that. But, Lord, I'm not willing to give anything else for this. Christianity is going to cost you something this morning. I just want us to come and say, Lord, whatever it is that you want from me, I'm willing to pay it may cost you your desires. It may cost you time. It may cost you friends. It may cost you family. But Lord, I'm telling you right here, I'm going to give you the blank check. I want you to fill it in. And I'm willing to pay whatever it costs me to serve you and live for you. And knowing that you're taking me. I'm willing to pay that price this morning. Whatever it takes, God, this morning, I'm willing to do this morning. A Christianity that costs this morning. I'm just curious. Would you be willing to come to the altar this morning and say, Lord, here's my blank check. Here it is. Here's my check. Here's my blank check in my heart. I, I, I'm not talking about money. And if we think about money, I'm not talking about money. You know, I've been here for 13 years, somewhere along the way, I don't know. I, I, I've never preached a full message on money, tithing. 
I've never had to. Never, never had to. I, I feel that we've got one of the best churches in this state, and I'm going to say state, that tithes, that gives, and that hands out, and that just keeps it. Here it is, Lord. Here it is. And I, I believe with you. I never had to do that. I know some preachers have to get up at least once a month and start preaching on tithing because they just don't want to give. Amen. I'll run that rabbit for a minute. We'll get off of it now. They're just looking for a bailout. <laughs> Want to get about? But I'm telling you, it's, the Christianity is going to cost you something this morning. I'm not talking about money, but it's going to cost you something this morning. So, what is it going to cost? What is it going to cost? David found out it's going to cost him something. What did David find out? It, David paid a cost for his future. What David pays ends up paying off his future. What David ends up paying and buying doesn't turn out to be a blessing in his life, but it turns out to be a blessing in others' life. Other generations. Let me say this. I thank God for the generation that came before me. They paid a price so that I can enjoy what I enjoy doing this morning. David paid a price and he said uh, we'll see he'll see it because David paid the price down the road and others enjoys the fruit of David's cost that he paid. You, you know why we enjoy the red, white, and blue? You know why we enjoy that so much? Why we enjoy the freedom we have. Why we have the ability to vote even though it sometimes it just gets crazy about that stuff. You know why we enjoy these things? Because there are some people that said, hey, I'm willing to pay the price. They wrote the check and said, Here, here's my country. You fill in the blank and tell me what it's going to cost me. There are those that paid the ultimate price that you and I can live in a country and be free this morning. I'm so glad for those that have gone before me. You know why we enjoy preaching this morning, enjoy coming to the church, singing those old songs we heard this morning. The power of God and the Holy Spirit that's in a mist around us. We're able to worship the old time way because there were some preachers and there's some Christians that was for us, that paid a price. They said, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever the price it is, I'm willing to pay that price. We enjoy the benefits of what they paid then. Whew, I want to get on that. We enjoy something that somebody else paid a cost for this morning. Let me ask you this. Is there anybody in your future after you that would be able to rip the, reap the benefits that you're willing to pay today? Ooh, y'all should have, you know, Is there anybody in your life, in your future, that will reap the benefits of the things that you're going to pay for today? Ask yourself. What are you willing to pay for your children? What are you willing to pay for your grandchildren? 
Are they going to reap what you're paying the cost today to serve God, to worship God, to come to church and praise God? Are you paying the cost for them this morning? Think about it. Think about it. We literally stand on the backs of those who paid the cost for us in our past so that we can enjoy doing what we enjoy, singing worshiping, praising God. I want to make sure there's another generation of young people that are coming after me that reap the benefits. I want to make sure they see something that we're paying for that when they get older, they say I can enjoy what they paid for me years ago. His future. What in the world is David sacrifice for what does David see God do with him look at first first chronicles chapter number 29 first chronicles chapter 29 let me say this if you're going to live a Christian life that cost listen to what I'm about to tell you it won't just cost you some time. It is a life daily cost. It's not a one time cost. You can't pay the price one time and get up and say, I'll never have to pay for Christianity again. It is a daily cost in your life. If you live every day where you get up and say, God, I want to try it again. I, I want to do it again. Here's my heart. Here's the blank check of my heart. What of the prices? Well, I'm willing to pay that price. It's not a one-time shot. It's over and over and over again. It's a constant thing that we have to do. You have to give God. Here, look here. This is David a few years later after he had bought this field from Anon, and how they are preparing for the temple in verse 29. And David the king said unto the congregation of Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen is yet younger and tender, and work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I prepare with all my might for the house of my God, the the gold for the things to be made gold, the silver for the things to be made with silver, and the brass for the things of brass, the iron for the things of iron, and the wood for the things of wood, onyx stones and other stones to be set, glistering stones and, and diverse colors and all manners of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, moreover, because I have set my affection. Watch that word affection. The only, the only time you find it in the Old Testament. Is attached to this man, David. Paul said, set your affections on the things above, not the things of the earth. And this is the only guy that the word is attached to in this. And it said, I have set my affections on the house of God. Glory. Would to God that we would set our affections on the house of God this morning. To the house of God, I have my own proper good and gold and silver which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared in the holy city. 
even 3,000 talents of gold. You say, what does that mean? What does it mean to me? I looked up at talent, and it depends on who you read out to, where you read out to, anywhere from 75 to 100 pounds, a talent. Let's take the, let's take the low road, 75 pounds. Gold is not weighed in pounds. Gold is weighed in ounces. 16 ounces, amen. I think the going value for gold today is $1,600 an ounce. Anybody got a couple ounces they want to spare this morning? $1,600 an ounce. David said, I'm giving over and above all that even they, I, they tarried on the other people. I'm giving above and beyond that amount. David says, I'll give... 3,000 talents, 75 pounds a talent. I'm going to give that of nothing but gold. I, I kind of figured it out in my head and I'm trying to figure out. David pays over $5 billion. That's what I said. Whew. He pays that amount to help the future generation that will come, that will serve God, that worship God. David said, I ain't going to give God anything that doesn't cost me. You say, does it pay off? Yeah, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I don't have time to read it all. If you read chapter 5, the place where they built the temple was the place that David bought for Maron, the threshing floor. God's setting it up. <laughs> Verse number 3, chapter 7. Now, when Solomon had made an end praying, and the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering, and the sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Are y'all getting this? He paid a price. David paid a price. <laughs> David paid a price, built the temple, built the place for them, built the temple on, and the priest could not enter the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord was filled with the, of the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good for his mercy endured forever. Amen. You say, preacher, how did they get to this point? How did they get to where they were at now? How did they get to the word of the glory of God come into the house? The fire came down. The presence of God came out. Even so bad that the priest could not even get into the house of God. How did they get to this point? Because somebody said, I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to pay the price. I, I, I'm willing not to only buy the ground. I'm willing to donate to see the house built. I'm willing to give something that, that future generations enjoy the power and the presence of God. I wonder, Mama. I wonder, Daddy. I wonder, church folks, if you're living enough Christian life that God is able to put something into you that down the road others may enjoy the blessings of that. The others may see the power of God and the glory of God. Is God putting something in you right now? The others may see this morning. Because David bought a little piece of dirt. 
And look what God does with that little piece of dirt. Do you realize that's all you are this morning, nothing but a little piece of dirt? Look what God has done with a little piece of dirt. God can do something great. David bought the dirt. This morning, if you ought to come to the altar and say, God, all I am is dirt. That's all I am. But God, here is my dirt. I'm willing to give you my dirt, me. Put something in this dirt. Put something in me that others may see that down the road, generations that's coming may look back and say, hey, they paid a price. They weren't much. They weren't strong, but they paid the price that I can stand and praise God and give Him the glory to God this morning. Are you willing to pay that price? David paid the cost for his future. Are you willing to pay the cost for your future? We got some futures sitting in here right now. Are you willing to pay that cost? Look at Luke chapter 14. Talking about, still talking about paying a cost. Jesus is preaching and telling. His people, if any man hates his father and mother and children, he can't be my disciples. You can't follow me. Verse number 27. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. For which of you intended to build a tower? sitteth down first and counted the cost, whatever he hath sufficient to finish it. Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, and all that behold, it begun to mock him, saying, This man began to build, was not able to finish. Not only is he, David paid a price for his future, Christianity will cost you to finish. It will cost you to finish. You know, Jesus uses the word finish three times in these three verses. We live in a generation of quitters today. We live in a generation of people that will quit at the drop of a hat. They will quit church. They will quit God. They will quit the marriage. They will quit the family. They will quit the children. They just get up and say, I quit. How many people have seen at work, people come in and just say, I quit, walk out? Well, let me ask you this one. How many, how many of y'all walked in your work, raised your hands, and say, I quit, and I'm walking out? We're willing to quit at anything. They just give up. I'm done with it. I quit. The grass is greener on the other side. I just didn't feel like showing up this morning. Maybe we ought to give the new members of the list to say, you need to sign this. This is what the Bible requires you to do, and we're going to hold you to it. Maybe we can't hold them to it, but this, this is what we expect out of people of the church. 
God is requiring something out of it. We'll live in a generation where you find children sign up to do something and they get to doing it and find out they don't like it. Come home, tell mama, I just don't want to do that no more, mama. Okay, baby doll, you, can, you don't got to do it. Amen. My, my kids sign up for something. They come to me. We go, I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> when the season's over with, you can stop. That's what's going to happen. I mean, we live in a, such a soft generation that we allow everybody to quit and no repercussion of it. I'm going to tell you why people quit. It's found out right here in verse number 13 for which intended you to build a tower. Which intended you to build a tower. Sit down out first and counted the cost. See, one day this fellow sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to build me a tower. Sounds real good. It looks good in his mind. He sees the finished product down the road. Beautiful tower. He sees all that stuff. He's, he's seeing it and everything. And he says, you know what? I'm going to build me a tower. And then he says, I'm going to lay it out. And then when he starts working on it, his friends come by and say, hey, what you doing? I'm going to build me a tower. That sounds good. i tell you what. I'm just going to go home and get on my tools and my saws and all that stuff. And I'm going to just come over here and help you build this tower. Next thing you know, a couple of other friends come along and say, hey, what are you doing? I'm, I'm building a tower. That, that sounds good. I, I, I'll come and help you build that tower. We'll just build this tower together. That sounds real good for about three weeks. Then it starts saying, nah, I, I can't do this. I, I can't do this every day. I, I can't do this all the time. And they start Slipping away, start slipping away. Next thing you know, he's there by himself wondering, what's happening? What's going on? It's going to cost you people lying to you. It's going to cost you. You know what it's going to take to finish? You're going to live for God. You're going to have to make your mind up. I don't care what the cost is going to be. You see, some of y'all counted the cost in the Christian life this morning. Some of you thought that just the singing and singing and shouting and preaching, you hear some Bible stories. I'm just going to be happy with that. I want that new Christian life, the puppy dog tails and ice cream cones. That's the way I want my Christian life to be. The devil's nothing but the old boogeyman. He can't hurt me. I can just tell him scat and he'll run away from me. I wish that was the truth. Let me tell you, let me ask you this. Try living for God for five years faithfully. And I'm talking about faithfully come back let me know because you start living for God faithfully you start serving God faithfully the devil's going to be on you every day 
It get, becomes to be a struggle. It becomes to be a burden. It becomes to be a, a, a something that you're willing just to say, Lord, I'm not willing to pay the price. But can I tell you, if you say, God, I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to go the distance. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to be a finisher. I'm going to finish this course. I'm going to finish this laid out. God will bless you. God will touch you. God will help you. Paul got down to the end of his life and said, I, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You don't think it caused Paul something to finish? Come on, you look at the man's life. Shipwrecked, beaten, stoned, saw out to be killed, bitten by a snake. I can't stand snakes. I mean, Paul suffered a lot of stuff. If any person in the Bible said, hey, I, I want to quit, it was Paul. But Paul said, I have finished the course. Paul said, yea, doubtless, and I count all things that lost to be excellent of knowledge of Christ. Yes, my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and did count it but dung that may win Christ. I, Paul said, I gave it all up so that I could walk with the Lord. It has been painful. I've had burdens, sure. I'd rather be on the straight and narrow holding the hand of Jesus than walking the broad way holding the hand of the devil. It's been rough. It's been tough. It's been a long journey. But I have been blessed. It was worth it. Walking with God. Make your mind up this morning. You're willing to pay the cost. So Christianity, it will cost you to finish. It's going to cost you for the future. Look over John chapter 12. We know this story. We're in this story on Wednesday night. It will cost you to stay at his feet. It's going to cost you. We're on the heels of Lazarus being raised from the dead in verse number 2. There they made him supper. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then look, took Mary a pound of ointment, a spikenard, and very costly, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of the disciples, Judas the Scarus, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? That, that would come from a thief what a thief would say. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and buried what was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone. Against this day of my burying have she kept this. For the poor always have ye with you, but ye have not always me. 
You know something that I love about Mary? Everywhere you find her in the Bible, she's always at Jesus' feet. Listening to the words. Martha's mad because she's sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha's saying, hey, why don't you make her help me? Why don't you make her help me? But Jesus is feeding John chapter 11, weeping over Lazarus, saying, if you would have been here, my brother would have been alive. She, she falls at his feet and worship him at his feet. I, I wish I could drive this to your heart this morning. Please, please, please get this. Worshiping is something that's not cheap. Worshiping is something that's not cheap. Worship is going to cost you something. You say, preacher, what, what's going to cost me? Raise my hand. Is it going to cost me a little bit of pride? It might cost you some fear of man. Don't worry about what they think of you. Don't worry about what they'll say to you. They didn't wash you in blood. They didn't save you. Don't worry about what man will say about you. It's going to cost you to show up to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. It's going to cost you to worship and praise God. It's going to cost you some time. It might cost you a little extra sleep. I, I praise those that's on the bus ministry. They have to get up earlier than y'all do. And they get out there and do the job. They ministry. God will bless them. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you to show up. It's going to cost you to worship. You say, well, I've got to work. It may cost you a little bit of overtime to come to church. It may cost you a little bit of money. Worshiping is expensive. Worship is always going to cost you something. I will tell you this. To stay where it costs you, you'll find the next the text that Judas starts to ridiculing her, reviling on her, mocking her, and saying, I can't believe you broke that over his head. Why don't you just get we need that? That's an expensive box. You wasted it. Because it could have been given to the poor. He, he didn't care about the poor. He was just a thief. He just wanted a bigger bank, bank account. Yep. Let me say this. Lord, help us. If that's all we care about in this church is having a bigger bank account. Brag about how much money we got in a bank account. I, I, I would hate to come, Jesus come back and you got all this money in a bank account and it's over rolling, overflowing with all this money and Jesus says, I, I gave you this, I gave you this to do something with it, but you did nothing with it. Lord, help us to get our mind off the bank account and on those that are lost and undone that we can change lives this morning. I, I, I want to make sure that when Jesus comes, we're found faithful. And I have no worries about our church. Trust me, I have no worries. Some of y'all here are like Lazarus. 
Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Lazarus was dead. He was laying in the ground, dead, stinking, and everybody was talking about Lazarus. Oh, good old Lazarus. As soon as he was raised up out of that grave, ain't nobody saying nothing about Lazarus except that let's kill this boy. Because when he got raised up out of that grave, all he was telling them about Jesus. I mean, when somebody brought you out of the ground, what are you going to tell them about him? Somebody brought you from dead, won't you want to tell somebody about Can I say this? You're all dead in trespassing sins. You ought to tell somebody about somebody that raised you from the dead. And they said, hey, let's get rid of this boy. He, he should have stayed in the grave. You know, as long as you were dead in trespassing sins, drinking and smoking dope, the world will leave you alone. The world ain't going to come after you. They were absolutely fine with you being dead. But as soon as you get out of that ground, start walking the newest life, as soon as you start worshiping in the feet of Jesus, Immediately all hell camps out at your doorsteps. They start saying, you're a fanatic. You've gone overboard. You've done become one of those holy rollers. You've got religion. I can't believe you've gone this far. Anybody ever told you that? I tell them it's because I've got something real in my life. I, I see Mary down there and Judas trying to get her up. I, I see Mary in her heart. I, I can't take, I can take a little ridicule from you, Judas. I, I don't care what you say, Judas. You weren't there when my brother was laying in bed sick to death. You weren't there when he took his last breath. You weren't there when we laid him in the ground. You weren't there when Jesus came by <laughs> and brought him up out of the ground. You weren't there. I'll take your ridicule. I'll take your ridicule. You weren't there when God done for me what he'd done for me. Some of y'all to throw caution to the wind and say, I don't care what it the devil thinks. I don't care what the world thinks. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. They weren't there when I was lost and headed to hell. They weren't there when everybody walked out. And Jesus came walking by. They weren't there in the dark hours of my life and the glory of God touched me and called me. They weren't there when God did what He did for me. He is worth praising this morning. He is worth giving to this morning. A Christianity that costs cost you this morning. It's worth it. Are you willing to have a Christianity that cost you something this morning? Are you willing to get at the feet of Jesus? 
Something in your life is going to cost you this morning. If you live in a Christian life that doesn't cost you this something this morning, you'll live in a substandard Christian life this morning. That life can only go so far, can only tap into what you can do. doesn't cost you. You'll never see what God can do in your life for you. To take that step of faith, it's going to cost you something this morning. Are you willing to pay that cost this morning? Are you willing to say, Lord, here's my heart. Blank check. You fill it in what it's going to cost me. You tell me. And can I say this? <laughs> and I'm about done. Can I say this? When you hand him your blank check of your heart, <laughs> all your past has been erased. <laughs> all that stuff behind you, he says, I'll get rid of it. I won't look at it no more. It's there no more. When you say, Lord, here's my heart, and he's going to wipe the slate clean, I say, Lord, I'm serving you. I don't know about you, but I had a lot of stuff that had to get cleaned. Here I am, Lord. I've got some stuff in my life that I wish it was never there, but it's there. But, you know, well, you you can clean it. I know you clean it. All I have to do is come and say, Lord, here I am. Are you willing to pay that price this morning? If you got kids, you ought, to, you ought to be willing to pay that price. If you got grandkids, you ought to be willing to pay that price. If you got loved ones, family, you ought to be willing to pay that price. God knows your heart. Let us stand this morning.